Welcome to episode 26 of Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. And on this episode of Always Listening, we're going to be reviewing what, Josh? Caustic Soda. Uh, This is a podcast that is no longer with us, I'm afraid. It was with us when we started (laughs) listening to it. Uh, but literally two weeks into listening to it, they uh, put out their fan farewell. I was really bummed about it because this podcast has been on our list for quite some time. Uh, it's a listener-submitted show um, that that did literally just based on the name and that bias uh, I kept putting off and kept putting off. Me too. I'll own up to that. So, so listeners submitted, by the way, Sean Wright and Emily Tag. Those are the two listeners that submitted this. And Sean submitted this one a long time oh, ago. Man. I, think, I think even back in our first listener appreciation month when we were pot on pod. So like a year and a half ago or so. But we got around to it. We got there eventually, Sean. Congratulations. Hey, I'm pretty sure he liked the post when I said we were going to review it. So oh, it's good, coming. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Caustic Soda is a weekly podcast about science, horrible news, and humor hosted by Torin Atkinson, Kevin Leeson, and Joe Fulcrum. Each episode of Caustic Soda takes a gruesome, gory, or otherwise horrible topic such as shark attacks, parasites, and radiation and breaks it down into an easily digestible, bubbling paste of funny. The hosts discuss the topic's origins, recent news, and pop culture. So the the new format of uh, Always Listening, Josh, is that each week one of us has listened to a show, taken notes, brought some audio clips to share with the class, and is sort of going to pitch the other one this uh, new podcast that they've been listening to. In this case, we started listening to this one before we decided on the new format, so I have listened to a couple of episodes, but it's been a very, very long time. Like you, though... The logo for this one, the name of the show, and some of the podcasts we've reviewed in the past generally turned me off to it. And even as you give that description, I think, well, I don't like listening to gross things. I don't want to hear people talk about, you know, bed sores or whatever. <laughs> but it's not, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to talk about, for, you're not going to talk about bed sores and, and like go into a visual description of it. I mean that happens, but it's not like it is surrounded uh by interesting conversation and humor. So it's surrounded by a tremendous amount of humor. And uh is there a podcast that we've listened to before that this show like would remind you of if there's is there something that you could sort of like put this into context and say this is a show like uh I I think that if um if Paul F Tompkins were to make some type of uh, facts-driven show, it would probably end up something like this. Yeah, if, if, just uh, because of how all the wordplay and the pun, just it's filled with it. So if you don't like that kind of thing, like if you don't like puns and sometimes bad puns, uh, this isn't going to be a show that's gonna that's going to uh, keep you engaged. Well, let's let's bring let's throw me a clip here. Give me an example of of what that's Okay, so this is how their sound. introductions go, okay? And 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 the description I read is like straight from their website um and so how they how they break down the show even has little sub segments. Um so this is going to be how they intro every show every week. Um they do it by telling you their name and then some little f- fun like 
sentence about it. So for example, this one uh, is about Caligula. The Caligula episode is introduced just like this. My other pleasure barge is a giant pleasure barge. I'm Kevin Leeson. I guess when you're an emperor, you have to LARP as a god. I'm Joe Fulgham. Today, we'll be knocking little boots. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. All right, so like, like that had me from knocking little boots. And I think it had me before that, but that's where I brought it home for real. Like that was a really, um, that is a really good example of how their humor walks that fine line where it's not too much. Like they are, it's dad jokes and it's lots of bad puns and et cetera, et cetera. But they do a really good job of it. It's well, I think it's well researched and it's well produced. Like they, they put it together well. Like, you know, like, I mean, if you, if you knew Caligula meant little boots, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Caligula, that's the name. Caligula's name is it means means little boots. I thought that was a reference to Italy or something. No, no, no. His dad used to dress him up in like full like battle regalia like he was a general and he would walk around camp and the soldiers like loved having him around him as a kid and he had on little, little boots. So they started referring to him as little boots. Caligula. So knocking little boots uh, and Caligula, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fun look at the life and times of Caligula. Well, that's even uh, higher-minded humor than I thought it was to begin with. All right, uh, so what about the production values and the audio quality of this show? How, how well is it produced? Um, so it's it's the type of it's just three people having a conversation on topic. There's no real music, um, and it is moved. The content is is moved forward uh, by the formula that we talked about uh, in the intro of this episode. So um, they're going to do the intro. They're going to give you the topic. Then they're going to give you the etymology of it. Right. So if it's um, like plants, like where the word plants come from, and then they go into phobias, like what are plant based phobias, for example. Uh, And then they will often talk about it in pop culture and recent news. Um, And then that's the show. Uh, Which, by the way, and I think they mentioned their names in a clip earlier, but the three hosts for the show, Torin Atkinson, Kevin Leeson, and Joe Fulcom. Is that right? Uh, Show basically an hour to an hour and a half per episode, and it was coming out weekly. No new episodes, though. (laughs) It's so sad. But there's a lot. There's like three hundred of them available. This this is my new favorite podcast, and I came about it two weeks before they stopped doing it. It's so heartbreaking. It's it's like uh, falling in love with with Surge. The the you know the first <laughs> and then it goes, yeah. but it came back, bro. It came back. Surge is on sale now. Is it, is it available now? Really? Yeah, I heard yeah. they were going to bring it back, but I thought it was just a special thing. Uh, maybe they'll bring some some caustic soda specials out as well. Uh, all right. Uh, what about the um, audio quality, the production values, the content itself, Josh? So what was some of your long, favorite tidbits? Here? I I brought a giant clip um, of content. Um, and this is going to come from the Killer Plants episode, and it is talking about the Gimpy Gimpy tree, and it kind of hits every note of why I like this podcast, right? So it's going to give you these great facts about this crazy plant, um, the Gimpy Gimpy. Uh, it's going to show off their um, 
their wordplay. Uh, and then you get to see kind of the different personalities of each host as we're discussing the Gimpy Gimpy. And here it goes. Yeah. Let's talk about the Gimpy Gimpy. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, it was featured in Pulp Fiction. It Bring has, out the Gimpy bring out Gimpy. The gimpy, gimpy. Yeah, that's right. It has a uh, zipper mask. <laughs> yeah. Right. And is a uh, you know sex slave of Eric Roberts. Also known as the Stinging Tree. Okay. The Mulberry Leaf Stinger. Or the suicide plant. Okay, so basically, mm. this is like it's kind of got the same names as serial killers have. It's <laughs> found in the Australian rainforest, yeah. particularly in disturbed areas in canyons or on slopes. Disturbed areas, like insane asylums. Yes, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it reaches about seven feet in height. Okay, and produces tempting clusters of red fruit that resemble raspberries. Mm. Right, I love raspberries. Every mm. inch is covered with fine silicon hairs that resemble peach fuzz and contain a virulent neurotoxin. Okay, mm, simply, I love virulent neurotoxin. <laughs> simply brushing up against the plant results in unbearable pain that may last up to a year. What? What? Un- wait, wait, hold on. Plants does the, talk. Does the unbearable pain last for a year? Yeah. Or is it just pain that lasts for a year? Like, it's unbearable pain Maybe, to start and then dulls yeah. to I'm a- sure there's degrees of oh. pain. You know, after the first eight months, I kind of got used to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Ah! No, sorry. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, deadly peach fuzz. In some cases, the shock of the pain can be so great that it brings on a heart attack. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. The hairs themselves are so tiny that they easily penetrate the skin and are almost impossible to pull out. Oh, so... Okay, come on. So they sting you with their <laughs> yes. peach fuzz. Yeah. And then they detach and stay embedded in yeah. you. Yes. And they're almost... Because they're practically microscopic, mm-hmm. they're almost impossible to remove. This tree is taking it to another level. Wait, wait. Also, remember that what they're made out of. Silicone. Yeah. Yes. Silicon does not break down in the bloodstream. So and, little slivers going through you constantly. And even walking through the forest where stinging trees are present can pose a threat. The tree sheds its fine hairs constantly and passerby, passersby run the risk of inhaling them what? or getting them in the eyes. Uh, the Gimpy Gimpy's excruciating pain has been described as like being burnt with hot acid and electrocuted at the same time. Well, got it. The toxin itself is a surprisingly strong uh, is surprisingly strong and stable. In fact, it remains active even in old dry specimens of the plant. Right. The pain can be reactivated for months afterward by extreme hot or cold or simply by touching the skin. Right. This may be due to poison retention inside the venomous needles injected upon contact. Mm-hmm. Wow. One researcher discovered that the poison remains viable for up to 20 years. <laughs> what? Uh, fuck nature. <laughs> Fuck nature. Anaphylactic shock may be induced in even healthy persons, leading Australian forestry departments to issue hazmat-grade suits to bush workers in affected areas. Why um, are they not trying to drive this plant into extinction? This is is yet another reason, another deterrent for my plans to go to Australia. Yeah. Like... Everything that is this dickish in the world is in Australia. It's a dickish arms race. Oh God! You just gotta be. You just gotta out dick everything else, don't you? 
20 year long toxin. North Queensland road surveyor A.C. McMillan was among the first to document the effects of a stinging tree, mm-hmm. reporting to his boss in 1866 right. that his pack horse was stung, got mad, and died within two hours. Okay. Similar tales abound in local folklore of horses jumping in agony off cliffs and forestry workers drinking themselves silly to dull the intractable pain. Of course. Like of they course. needed an excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't deny it, but come on. They're yeah. forestry workers. Ugh. In 1994, Australian ex-serviceman Cyril Bromley described falling into a stinging tree during military training in World War II. Right. Strapped to a hospital bed for three weeks and administered all manner of unsuccessful treatments, he was sent as mad as a cut snake. Mad as a cut snake? I've never heard that term before. <laughs> I like pain. it. I like it. Cyril also told of an officer shooting himself after using a stinging tree leaf for toilet purposes. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, you think when you grabbed the leaf that you would get the stinging in the hand enough that it would never get to your nether region. Oh, no. Well, it may be apocryphal. We don't know. Right. Although I can... So you do it. Because they are big, broad leaves. They are big, broad leaves. And you wipe... And as soon as you do it, that is your sensitive flesh down there. And you know that for up to 20 years, mm-hmm. when you touch that area, it's going to be excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. I And I could totally see like, well, yeah, all right, where's that gun? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, the gimpy gimpy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, love, I love when he goes, at the beginning goes, oh, it was in Pulp Fiction, and it has a uh, a zipper gimp, ma- a zipper leather mask. Let me tell you, man. Every time in that episode, I would re, or every time in that little sequence, I would react. You would go, but wait, <laughs> yeah. and there was more. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Okay, so that one I mentioned earlier that I don't like listening to listening to you know gross things or whatever. That's a good example of how they walk that line. They make you uncomfortable. You sort of have goosebumps the whole time while you're listening to it, but at the same time, like it's not it's not too much to listen to. It's not, none of, none of it crosses the line into gross out. Sometimes <laughs> some episodes. Oh, well, have. It's not necessarily like it's rare. Though. I wouldn't listen to some of the episodes and then go and look at the photos. Oh, for the episode. Oh yeah, this is a show to stay away from the show notes. That is a true story. Yeah, like some of the some of the photos. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, content. Uh, we've got production values, audio quality, the host likability. Josh, I mean, it's something like this really hinges on the the three guys and their humor. Yeah, they did 300 episodes or so together. So, I mean, you uh, assume that they've gelled together pretty well by the end. But what did, what do you think? Yeah, I like uh, I kind of like the um because it's three hosts, man. Like it's it is extremely hard to balance a three-hosted show, right? There's not a whole lot that do that do it very well if the hosts don't understand their types of roles. Right? So, for example, on IVMV Right, there's three co-hosts. Um, you've got uh, Kurt, you've got Andy, uh, and you've got Corey. Right, but they all understand the roles that are, that they're playing. Right, so Corey is like the head host. He keeps things moving. Uh, he he kind of explains what this show is going to be about, and Andy brings um, a lot of points and dialogue, and then um, Kurt kind of lays back and takes shots, right? This shows the exact same way. So 
one leads the topic. One kind of ask quite like always is asking questions or exploring it, and then the other's taking pot shots. So it works. Now, if all three of them are trying to lead it, it doesn't work. Like if everybody wants to get the most vocal time on a podcast, those are some of the worsts. Uh, and so this one does a great job of balancing it, and they and they they play off of each other. Do you have uh, another clip to highlight that? What was your third clip? Yeah, and I think. Um, so this is from the hippos uh, episode, yes. and it's about um, the measure of a hippo's bite. Uh, and so here that is right mm-hmm. here. National Geographic host Dr. Brady Barr measured the bite force of an adult female hippo at 8,100 newtons. I assume that's that, strong. No, you know what that means? That means they can eat 8,100 fig newtons fig all at newtons. once. All at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they can, oh, my God. That's a lot of newtons. That's a lot of like of, of, of pressure the power. bite pressure to... Yeah, because those fig newtons are not easy. Like, they are dense. They're, they're pretty dense. They're pretty yeah. dense. And you can have 8,100 of them stacked one on top of the other, and they could just mash right, right through, through them. Right? Yeah, that's a lot of newtons. I can do that. I got, like, maybe, you know, 10 newton power in my jaw. If I'm lucky, I can get through 10 newtons in one bite. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That's for our next live show. All right, done and done. All right, so you know how Kevin Smith measures things in jawses? Yes, it was it was uh, eight jaws long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I want him to start measuring people who are just loud or obnoxious by fig newtons, right? Like their mouth is so big, they're twenty newtons. Uh, so Kim Kim Kardashian is a, a fifteen newton uh, speaker. Sure. Okay. Kanye is like 130 newton speaker. 130 newton speaker. That's right. I like that. I like that new uh, rating system. Here, we were talking earlier about what show this reminds you of. I, I thought of it. So, Blurry Photos is the one that it sort of loosely reminds me of. Blurry Photos we listened to way early, maybe even in the first listener appreciation month, and it's uh, t- two guys and they're sort of breaking down mythological like zoo. zoo what is it? Cryptozoology, cryptozoology stories generally, and then some other stuff too. But it's they goof a lot, and then they have some facts, and then they goof about the facts, and then they have some more goofs, and then they have some more facts, and then they have some more goofs. See, I thought it was, um, I thought it was especially like the Caligula episode. Like if you were to take uh, Dan Carlin and my brother and my brother and me, and boom, smash them together, you're going to get caustic soda. That right there, for me at least, is pretty high praise, sir. Uh, I, I liked what I listened to, and from your suggestions and the clips that you brought, I'm going to go listen to some more of this show. Absolutely. Are you going to? You say it's your favorite podcast. Are you? Are you diving in? You're yes, listening I'm to still, all of them. Yeah, I'm still. I don't know if I want to get to. I mean, that's, so did you go to the beginning, or are you listening from in a reverse order? How are you doing it? I'm since I started in the reverse order. Like I'm, I'm listening in the reverse order, but then like cherry picking things. Like there's two episodes on vampires that are pretty early on uh, that I've gone back to. And I think the first one's on shark attacks, uh, but I haven't listened to that one yet. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, that is our review of the Caustic Soda Podcast. You can find it at causticsodapodcast.com. And uh, you got anything else to add on that, Josh? No, I love the little like uh, like tag of um, what is it? It's it's hard science by soft people. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, a really adequate description. Uh, all right, let's go to a little listener feedback here. Ooh, and this comes from Don Henley. Don says, "Thanks for responding." Don Henley, yeah, not that one. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. 
Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let us know. Hook a brother up with some tickets, Don. He says, thanks for your thanks for responding to my tweet on air. I appreciate you listening to my feedback and uh, taking it into consideration before making your decision. And truthfully, Don, I'm afraid I can't remember what this was about, but I, I'm glad we took it into consideration. Uh, even though I'm a little disappointed there won't be a what... Oh, what's up? We were talking about the news section for the podcast. We were talking about potentially doing a podcasting news section in the beginning of every episode. Uh, he says, uh, since there won't be one, I completely respect your decision. If you feel like it would be a hindrance to your show, then by all means, leave it out. Do you have any recommendations for sources of podcast news for those of us without the Facebook? I almost signed up just so I could join your group, but I decided against it. Thanks. D- Josh, do you, where do you get your podcasting news? You're not on Twitter. You're not on Facebook. Uh, no, but like I go to Google and I type in podcasting news. <laughs> that's, that's, let me Google that for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or like, uh, I have, you know, different news catchers and you can put in what topics, you know, what topics you want. Like, Oh, I like traveling. Right. Uh, or you put in podcasts and then like it catches a bunch of articles for me. So the one thing that I would say there is, it is if you just go to Yahoo and search sort of the, like their news sources, if you just go to Google and search their news sources, you're going to end up getting a whole lot of the public radio NPR type podcasters and not a whole lot of independent announcements. I, I, I tell you exactly what I would do. I would follow a few people. Don, you said we, you, we responded yeah, actually, to your tweet. You know what? You, know, you want to know what I do find aggravating um, are the lists that people like the – the 10 greatest podcasts for those going to college or the 10 greatest <sighs> podcasts for feminists or the 10 I greatest... I just hate listicles, period. All they're doing is taking like, oh, let me search podcast feminist and then taking like the top 10 from iTunes. And there's like, there's so much more besides those top 10. Like there's such like, there are really small podcasts that are never, ever, ever going to be in the top 10 on the charts, right? And, uh, I, I, okay, I said that pretty harsh, but I love the IVM podcast. I'm a Cubs fan. It's not going to... Top- it's not ever going to overtake Serial yeah, or, like, or Radio Lab or 99% Invisible no, or whatever. No, Joe Rogan experience, uh, any any ESPN shows based on the numbers like it's never gonna it's never gonna get there right because espn is gonna talk about all of baseball and this is such a very niche thing and it's got it's got a limited audience pool to begin with but but if you are a sports fan and you're a baseball fan and you and you like the cubs it's fantastic yeah so the the fact that we live in a world in which whatever it is that is your thing you can literally, you could, if you want to, program your entire entertainment life just around the things you like most. If you've ever listened to my Do you other know podcast, how many Games of Thrones podcast. No, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, so like, if you know anything, if you've ever listened to my other podcast, uh, what makes me weird? You know that I'm a, a very picky eater. So, my wife makes fun of me all the time because I eat the same thing all the time, and I say, "Yeah, but every time I eat, it's my favorite meal." You can do that with your entertainment now in a world of podcasting and on-demand, uh, you know, video and stuff like that. You can literally go and pick and choose and only watch the things that you love, only listen to the things that you love, and never have anything but. So, where do you get your news? If I was you, Don, and and this is something that I do, I go and follow other people who are on a regular basis writing and tweeting about 
podcasting. So go and follow people like um, Daniel J. Lewis. He's at The Ramen Noodle, I think, on Twitter. Follow Dave Jackson, who works for Libsyn now. Follow Rob Walsh, who is the one of the heads of Libsyn. Uh, follow Jay Soderberg, uh, The Real Pod Vader. Uh, follow him on Twitter, who is the head of content for our network, Blog Talk Radio. Those folks, those folks are regularly posting about new shows, big and small. And they're regularly posting about news, whether that's like, hey, here's Reuters and a new thing where we're going to show you how to actually get ratings on podcasting. Here's a new podcasting technology. Here's a new podcasting lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Uh, WTF Mark Marin just put out um, some updates over the past month about the patent troll uh, and where and where that's going. Mark Marin's not a bad one either. If you like, so if you like podcasters, if you like a podcast, follow that podcaster on Twitter. That's another good idea because they're going to tweet about their show, but also about what they listen to. They're also interested in the business of podcasting and the industry of podcasting, so they're going to tweet about that as well. So that that would be a good way to get that. So info. you're mentioning I don't I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, but you're mentioning people's Twitter handles. Yes, people that have the real. In front of theirs, I really want to make one that is like the fake, right? So generally, if there's a real, it's because somebody so else for is Jay just Soderberg, the name, right? For Jay Soderberg, the real Pod Vader, I want to make an account called the fake Pod Vader. But all I'm going to do is just retweet minutes after he tweets something exactly what he tweeted. So then, like the fake Pod Vader is only talking about the real stuff. Who's who's the real uh, the real watchman? Um, John continues. I would let's see. I love your show. I've listened to almost every episode and have subscribed to at least fifteen shows based on your recommendation. It sounds like he's got the same problem as Carrie from last episode. I would love to hear a review of Ear Biscuits by Rhett and Link of Mythical Entertainment. Have you ever heard that show? Is it a cooking show? I don't know. Ear biscuits. I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. They are two. Is it a uh, UFC show? Because like well, whenever people you. get punched in the ear, the cauliflower ear looks like a biscuit, like their no. ear has risen. No, it is not about cauliflower ear. They are two lifelong best friends who work together on their popular YouTube channels. They interview other YouTubers to find out how they discovered their careers in online content creation. They always ask great questions and often uncover some great stories. I highly recommend the episodes with Flula, episode 33, and Mystery Guitar Man, episode 75. Every episode is great, but those two are the best. Unfortunately, they are on hiatus right now as they are very... Uh, as they are every December through February. Wow, that's how long this email was ago. It came in February. Uh, they were still on hiatus. They are the CEOs of a multi-million dollar entertainment company, after all, but I expect more episodes to drop any day. Thanks again for the great show you put out. I love the changes you've made and can't wait to see what the future holds. Thanks, Don Henley. Who Did we ever review, um, what is it called, Not Too Deep with, man, what is her name? Is that the Grace, Grace Helbig? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we the, did not. The re- YouTuber. No, we, we didn't. We really need to look at because there's a lot of YouTubers that are podcasting now. Well, okay, so we did review when the kids go to sleep, which is from the Shea family or whatever. That's that's uh, some of the Maker Studios people. That's the only big YouTube show that we've done so far. Uh, but yeah, okay, I'd, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for this. I'm going to put it on the list, uh, Don. I appreciate that submission. Uh, Josh, next week we're going to be back with another episode of Always Listening as we're going to be discussing, or not next week, but in the next episode we will discuss Life of Caesar. Oh, I love this podcast so much. This is one of the ones that you listen to um, 
that I haven't heard, but I really do have high hopes. I'm waiting to uh, to get in this episode uh, because it sounds like one I may subscribe to. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share this one with you, too. All right, we'll be back with that one in a fortnight, my friends. Until then, we remain your uh, hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. Always Listening Podcast Reviews is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews, more info about the shows, and other podcasts we produce at alwayslisteningpod.com. If you love podcasts as much as we do, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alwayslisteningpod. Our theme song is Enough from Bethany Rayburn. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.